0: In this episode, I sit down with therapist Erica Bonham of Avos Counseling. She came on today to talk to us about how to deal with this crazy situation that we found ourselves, this worldwide pandemic. You are going to take away something from this episode. Right now, we are dealing with unprecedented times. There is no right way to be doing this. There is no right way to be feeling. And she offers up some really helpful tips, how you can keep your mental health, um, healthy, if you will. She has this really great concept of having this both slash and approach to everything. So allowing yourself to feel all the feelings, give yourself grace, hope for the best and be positive, but then also sit with The darkness. Like really feel all of your emotions and allow them to move through your body. That's just one thing. I honestly can't summarize everything um, in a succinct manner, but I promise you your day will be better when you listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the podcast everyone. I am very excited today to talk with my friend Erica Bonham of Avos Counseling. She is a therapist here in the local Denver area and Erica before we dive in dive in, can you tell us what kind of therapist you
1: are? Sure. So I um the primary mode of therapy that I do is called EMDR therapy, which is is a PTSD uh treatment. It's an evidence-based practice. So uh, we really specialize in trauma recovery, uh, in grief work, and in, you know, just helping clients move through their trauma so that their trauma doesn't own them and that they can really be back in the driver's seat. So we do a lot of BMDR therapy. We do um, IFS therapy, which is like, an inter- it's parts work, like exploring different parts of ourselves. Um, and then we do a lot of mindfulness work as well so um i I also do EMDR trainings and consultation for other therapists oh wow um I, I I really doing trauma work and and helping people like walk through their pain is is really what we specialize in and and then you then the pain doesn't own you anymore, right? then you can like let some light in after that so okay. that's a perfect segue into why we
0: wanted to chat today as. You know, in April of 2020, as we are dealing with this world pandemic, it's a traumatic situation, even though you may not be feeling it right now. And like, we're going to talk about everyone's experiencing it differently. Um, Can you tell me, what are you seeing right now, either with your patients or just in general, what's going on with
1: us? Oh my gosh. I think this is such a, it's, it's simultaneously a collective experience, right? Like it's so uh, just unprecedented to think about the whole world really experiencing the same thing. But at the same time, it's deeply personal. And so for some of us, you know, thinking about people, doctors, nurses, even people at the, you know, working at the grocery stores and and Amazon drivers and all of the people that are really keeping us afloat here, um, you know, they are experiencing just kind of surviving and one day at a time. And and in a lot of ways, we all are. But for some of us, maybe we are experiencing an opportunity to rest or an opportunity to learn a new skill or an opportunity to connect with more family. And so I think it's it's simultaneously collective and it's deeply personal. So I think so many people are experiencing this in really, really different ways.
0: Yeah. I I hadn't thought of it in that terms, but that's that's the perfect like description of what's going on. Um, are you, can you tell us like what we can do for ourselves
1: right now mm-hmm. to help get through this? Oh my gosh. So the thing that keeps me sane <laughs> and that I keep sharing with clients is that both and approach, right. Of sometimes the answer is to, try to get up and move, to try to focus on positive things, to try to practice gratitude, to try to reach out and check in on friends, to try to build connection. And sometimes the answer is to grieve, is to be with our difficult emotions, is to be be with our anger, to be with our fear, to be with our sadness, to You know, Tara Brock, have you ever heard of the RAIN acronym? No. So she does a great acronym for for really difficult emotions. And I I try to not say negative emotions because we have anger and fear and sadness for good reasons, right? They're not negative. They're, they're, They're here for probably good reasons. And so when we have uncomfortable or difficult emotions... Um, she talks about the RAIN acronym, which is recognize, like, if you can name the emotion, you can, you can, you know, get a little distance, but still honor and experience it. And then the A is acceptance. Like I'm feeling sad right now and that's okay because I'm human. Mm -hmm. The I is investigate, like, where do you feel it in your body? What happens when you bring your attention to it? Does it swell, ebb and flow? Does it move? Does it stay the same? Is there a story that's connected to it? Does it remind you of something in the past? You know, just really like bring curiosity to your physical feeling of it and, um, and what you're experiencing in that moment. And then the N is either non-self or non-attachment, right? Like if our emotions are the waterfall, can we get behind the waterfall and observe it? That we are still a person first experiencing this difficult emotion rather than like we are the anger or we are the fear or we are the sadness. Like we can be a person experiencing that emotion and observing it so that we get, again, a little bit of distance without denying it or minimizing it or whatever. And just kind of breathing through those, those different stages. And, and, t- and we're not trying to make it go away. But when we do that, it often passes on its It, it often, we ride that wave and, and then it, it kind of dissipates or, or we move through it rather than shoving it down or trying to go around it or, or whatever.
0: Well, because I'm sure you have seen what happens. When someone doesn't deal with an emotion, I mean, that's right. That's why we go to therapy because we haven't dealt with it in the past. I mean, that's one of the reasons I think.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think again, I, I, it's a again that both and and a lot of of coaches, a lot of well-meaning people in the world. That's like positive vibes only or good energy only or whatever. Yeah, and uh, and I know I think it's well-intentioned and. We're not, we don't want to throw positive psychology or positive thinking out with the bathwater, right? There's we we need that too, and to when we're using it as a bypass, when we're using it as a as gaslighting or minimizing or or denying pain or denying other people's pain, like just focus on the positive or you know no rainbows without rain or <laughs> everything for a reason like that that doesn't really honor the truth of the moment, which is that we might have really good reason to feel sad Mm -hmm. and all have good reason to feel sad or scared or uncertain or even anger or, or whatever. And, and so there's gotta be room for both, Mm -hmm. both and the shadow and the light, the trauma story and the resiliency story. Mm -hmm. Uh, the difficulty of this and the opportunity of this. And, and so just not, you know, when we, when we only focus on the positive or we deny our, our truth, it's sort of, the the metaphor I often use with clients is remember those old cartoons where the water was coming through the wall and, and it would start with a small leak and they would like start to plug it up with a finger. Yeah. Uh, and then another leak would spring, and we'd plug it up with a finger, and then his toe would be in it. And eventually, the water is coming through the wall, right? Like, those are our emotions. And if we should plug it up or or stuff it down, they will come big up, right? The more that we try to make those go away, the bigger they're gonna get. Mm-hmm. We can just turn around and be like, okay. What do you need me to know? <laughs> Typical. And <laughs> can you greet it with some curiosity, with compassion, with yeah. some breath? Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't feel so scary. You know, I think people think if they go to sadness, they'll never come out. Yeah. And really when we go to sadness and we honor it, it's like, come on to the center of the fire, baby. Mm-hmm. We can do this. Yeah.
0: We, we well, and like we were talking it. about before we, we, we started recording is like you mentioned, this has never happened before. There's no right or wrong way to go about it. And you, you were using the word grace. And can you talk oh. about that? Like, what does that yeah. look like?
1: Yeah. Grace. I, I think grace is like my mantra these days. And you know, I think for parents trying to work, at, you know, just like we started at the beginning of this, when your kid, okay, man, you're like, mama, I need a sandwich. <laughs> yep. Here we go. <laughs> right. Um, nobody, nobody is doing this pandemic perfectly and nobody is doing it sexy and no doing it glamorously. ain't nobody getting their hair done or their nails. Like nobody's looking good in this. And so if there is ever a time to own just being human and own not being perfect, really, I, I, Found this language of like lifting our sails to grace grace is always available to us and can we just like bring that light in and bring in like yeah I fed my kids mac and cheese for the fifth night in a row and that's as good as it gets right like grace 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 and so again like that both and like I know a lot of people are calling for See if you can get a routine down, see if you can get um exercise in, can you get, you know, can you can you learn something? Can you take this opportunity to grow? And although that's helpful, that might be what you need, some structure and grace, right? And sometimes if you're really struggling, like if you're on the front lines and this is survival mode for you, maybe just taking a shower and Eating something and keeping yourself alive is the best that you can do. And and sometimes that's just got to be enough. Sometimes the answer is small, incremental, small steps. And sometimes the answer is bold, brave action, right? Sometimes it's both. And I think we've got to give grace and room for all of it.
0: And I think also when we're talking to other people and interacting with others, remembering that and being sensitive to that. Like maybe it hasn't affected my day today as much as it has affected the lady across the street who owns a hair salon, you know. And exactly. Right. Being sensitive
1: to that. That's right. That's right. And of course, you know, I get the you know, I've seen a couple posts from nurses, doctors, like, oh, are you bored? Too bad. Like, come sit. You know, come spend two hours in my shoes. Yeah. And I also think there's room to grieve your baby shower that got canceled, or your prom, or graduation that got canceled. Like, yeah, it's it's maybe what we would call first world problem, but that's a that's a really there's room to grieve those things as well. And yeah, it you know, I I really don't think it's a good idea to compare trauma. Yeah. My trauma is worse than your trauma. Um, But just to make room for the both and, like there is room for grief for seniors to have about losing their prom and to to practice gratitude that we're safe. If we are safe, that we have the food that we need, if we have it, you know, I don't know. I, I think there's this, experience is really really illuminating both the light, like all the things that we have to be grateful for, Mm -hmm. and connection and the importance of connection and the importance of of empathy and of taking care of each other Mm -hmm. and all of those beautiful things, right? Like there's oh the humor right now is like human beings are so dang funny. Right. And And the creativity right now and how people are showing up for each other. There are some really beautiful things. And let's not romanticize it, right? Like, and it's very scary for people. People losing people that they love. People are dying. The economic impact of this is very real for people. So it's, and and it's hard, whether that's on an individual level, where, you know, again, like I was saying before we recorded, like, I'm 100% extrovert. And I want to go out to dinner again, first world problem. <laughs> it's like not frontline trauma yeah. issue. And I got to create room for that. That's hard for me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that that's nothing compared to what nurses and doctors and every, and all of that. So it's really illuminating both the light and the shadow. Mm-hmm. I think there is an opportunity, if you can, if you have time, if you have space, to kind of cocoon up and do some of your shadow work, to do some of that um, that sitting with emotion, that sitting with maybe something that you haven't dealt with there is an opportunity to really bring our shadow, all of ourselves that we've exiled, all the parts that we have kicked off the island or tried to, we never really can. But parts of ourselves that we have tried to ban, can we bring them back into the heart and say like, oh, can like, why, 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 what, how did you develop? Or, you know, those parts, like, I bet there's a, there was a adaptive quality to those parts. I bet there was a way that they either kept you safe or kept you feeling like you had a little bit of power or kept you feeling connected somehow.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't hold on to it or keep doing it if it didn't have that. That's right.
1: So can we do some shadow work? And again, for some people, we're losing it right now. We're grieving right now. And for some people, it's like survival mode. And they're just like putting one foot in front of the other figuring out how to feed their family, figuring out how to feed themselves, figuring out how to keep a roof over their head and the, the, the grief and the trauma work will need to come later. Mm -hmm. Can I
0: ask, um, so doing some of your shadow work, how, how exactly does one go about that? Did they just sit and feel everything or how can I, how can I do this?
1: Yeah. I think again, like, well, I, I think working with a therapist is, of course I'm biased, but I think we are pro therapy on this. podcast. You know, I, I think we can do some of it alone or journaling or, or meditating. Um, You know, mind a real mindfulness practice is not like going to the beach in your brain. A real mindfulness practice is being with the truth of the moment. And often if we really, really check in, there's something uncomfortable. There's something either that we want that's not here or that we don't want that is here. And if we can be with the truth of that and, and, and offer acceptance and move through that, that is what I, you know, again, it's sort of like, can we go to the center of the pain? Can we go to the center of the discomfort and be with it in a compassionate way? That's, you know, that's what I consider EMDR to be. That's what I, good trauma therapy is really guiding people towards the pain, not in a harming way or in a triggering way, making sure that they have resources to be able to do that in a way that, you know, doesn't put them in flight or fight or put them in dissociation. Uh, We call it the window of tolerance, Right. Outside of the window of tolerance at the top is flight, fight, freeze response. Mm -hmm. At the bottom is dissociation where you kind of like completely check out or you, you know, you're, you kind of go numb or it's like that anesthesia kind of sets in. Mm -hmm. Help people stay in the window of tolerance and you help yourself stay in the window of tolerance and still looking at what you avoid. Looking at what you don't like about yourself, looking at, um, you know, again, those parts that you exile or you hide or you you feel like, oh, if anybody saw this, they would never love me. Yeah, or rejected. Oh. And you bring some compassion to that. So I think journaling, like, uh, you know, even as I just say shadow, there's probably something that comes up that you're like, oh, I know what that is for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's those like demons or those parts of us that that kind of keep finding their way in or the, the not enough, right. That's scarcity. Yeah. Stuff. Um, And can we just be with it? Right. So sometimes it is doing the shadow work and sometimes it is a gratitude practice or a love and kindness practice or uh, trying to put some, be a source of positivity in the world somehow, Mm -hmm. right? Like sometimes it looks like crying on the damn floor Mm -hmm. and then you take that, (sighs) you ride the wave and then you go draw positive messages on your sidewalk in shock or whatever, right? It's both and. You know, you have a moment of grief or anger or you go into your car and you scream and then you're like all right and then I'm gonna go for a walk and get some sun on my skin
0: yeah you're right you hit the nail on the head with the both and the and concept so speaking of the kids you've got two little boys at home I've got one um you don't work with children in your practice, necessarily, or do you
1: I, I do not. I have an adolescent specialist that does we don't see little real littles because we're not set up for play therapy. Mm. We see like fourteen and up, okay, but kiddos right now, man, if you're a parent, you might really be seeing an escalation of behavior they're out of their routine you know again, of course, like try to get some semblance of a routine, but you also have to know your kid yeah. So Kind of a middle of the road family, right? like you gotta do your schoolwork eh, ish <laughs> right like because mommy's is working <laughs> grace, 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 because like it's got we've really got to operate from good enough yes, uh because <laughs> the expectation that academics are just gonna like go on as planned is uh, i is in my mind not trauma informed and not reasonable, yeah you know, you got to do a little bit of work. We got to get outside a little bit every day. Uh, We got to (laughs) eat. We try to have like 20 minutes of reading as a family, but sometimes that doesn't happen either. Sometimes we watch two movies in a day, right? Uh, Sometimes, you know, we try to, we try to get outside. We try to practice gratitude. We, we try to eat you know, at least two, three meals a day, right? Uh drink some water and uh and you know, and the kids play piano. So and they're supposed to practice every day. They don't. Like <laughs> and again, like grace. Yeah. Like, for some families, a real regimented, like, you know, seven to seven forty-five is breakfast and blah blah blah. That doesn't work for us. But total free for all doesn't work for us either. So, you know, we try to just have some a, a little bit of flexibility, but a little structure. So, you know, you you all have my permission to just find what works for you. Yeah. And to walk that tightrope, right, of of grace and of choosing connection and radically accepting imperfection. And to challenge yourself to, you know, take opportunities to grow from this, to, to learn from this, but that's just going to look like different, just really different for everybody, right? The continuum yeah. of that. And, and I, I also think that we, as, uh, again, as a collective and as individuals are probably learning lessons that we really don't even know yet. Oh yeah. Looking back, it'll be powerful. Right. And of course, like, you know, I think a powerful question is, how do you want to look back and say that you coped with this situation? Uh And I don't want to shame people if they're breaking down, because that also might be exactly what you need to do. And then you might be passing the baton and being able to hold space for the people on the front lines that are going to need to break down when this, you know, when this passes. Yeah. So whatever's true for you, like if you're the one breaking down and if you're the one grieving and if you're the one freaking out, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you you're the one that, that holds space for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Well,
0: so looking forward in just in your opinion, do you think, the collective will change somehow. Like do you think
1: we'll come out of this I hope No, I hope so. Again, I really don't want to engage in spiritual bypassing. Like I've seen a lot of like stuff that rings to me. <laughs> excuse me, as spiritual bypassing. I love like, well, it's in God's hands or uh, you know, um okay. everything happens again, everything happens for a reason or whatever, and I don't believe that to be true. I think it's again. We're going to see some really hard, traumatic things. <coughs> I'm sorry about something stuck in my throat. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that I have <coughs> the coronavirus. Although, who knows? Stay, stay, stay home anyway, people. <laughs> oh gosh. Um. So, and and I do think. I hope anyway. I hope that we will come out more empathic as a collective, that we will come out knowing how deeply interconnected we all are, yeah. how much we are, are intertwined and, and connected and, and the interconnectivity of all living things. Yeah. I, I hope that there is love on the other side of this, You know, kindness on the other side of this, taking care of one another on the side of this that we become a little less individualistic um, and and more yeah just more uh compassionate and I you know I always I I heard Brene Brown talk about after 9-11 we kind of collectively went to a flight or fight response that we never actually really grieved yeah collective that we just really went to kind of fight or fight. And I I hope, as painful as it is, and again, this is not to the gaslight or to minimize the amount of trauma, the amount of fear, the amount of loss that we will experience and people will experience. And that's another thing. Like we're all having some anticipatory grief and anticipatory trauma response, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I I hope that there will be light on the other end that i hope that there will be um yeah just more humanity mm-hmm. and connection on the other side and and knowing that we really have to again take care of each other to take care of the planet <laughs> to take care of um take care of ourselves and and to to really get clear on on really what's important and and what matters the most.
0: I think, I also think we can't rely on leadership to guide us there, right? We have to take yeah. that into our own hands because as you were talking about post 9-11, I was just thinking of the let's roll. I mean, that's flight yeah. right was, there. And then was, the security, yep. like at the airports, and it was just like total fear, scarcity, fight. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah. Right. yeah I'd never thought about that, so that's spot on yeah
1: yeah and and again, it's not that our flight or fight response is bad if you are being chased by a bear in the woods, like your flight or fight response is actually pretty good to have yep um, right and and if the bear unfortunately gets you and starts eating your leg, dissociation is actually really good to have right <laughs> <'Cause people laughs> not feel that but uh, when we're talking about human pain or emotional pain or a collective pain, because that's the other thing, too, is we we really have a collective nervous system. We have a we have individual nervous systems, but we have um, mirror neurons. And it probably goes even deeper than just mirror neurons. Right. That we we have a, like when you have somebody that has a very regulated, strong nervous system, which ideally your therapist should, right? The, then your clients will regulate to your nervous system. We have a saying when I'm teaching EMDR, it's like the strongest nervous system in the room wins. Oh. And so if you're really regulated and calm. Then other people will attune to your nervous system. But if you got a really strong nervous system and you're freaking out or you're like really panicked, then you can cause other people to panic too. And so again, there's room for fear. There's room for grief. There's room for pain. And how can you help your nervous system regulate a little bit? And the other, you know, again, I I really just want to walk that line of not minimizing or gaslighting love this concept of like what seeds are we planting right now right like li- sometimes literally I like I'm like oh if there's every year I'm gonna try to garden <laughs> I have no green thumb at all but man I'm gonna try to garden this year <laughs>
0: um
1: but so sometimes like literally like what seeds are we planting but what seeds can you plant for what this can look like for yourself on the other side Yeah it's not to say that they all have to be positive like can you be truthful can you be with a part of yourself can you practice compassion in a way that you've never practiced it before mm-hmm. people or with yourself um you know what seeds are you planting for in the soil right now that are going to grow mm-hmm. as time goes on
0: I love that because I just am thinking of a few uh, perfectionist type of of clients that I have, and this is a great opportunity for them to embrace the good enough. And I don't know if you can get rid of that for for good, but
1: yeah, I don't think. I mean, you know, maybe we reach enlightenment in this lifetime, but I've I've really just kind of let go of that whole concept of like healed, like healing land, or you know. I don't know. I I I think there's there's always work. We're always growing. We're always changing and learning. And we all have blind spots, all of us. And in fact, if you don't think you have blind spots, you probably have the most blind spots of all. <laughs> yes. Right. So there are. You know, my friend in AA, uh, she talks about like she's like. Things will be revealed, and she's like, "If if the things about myself had been revealed five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to handle it." Mm -hmm. And so you're 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 planting seeds. You're learning. You're you're tilling the soil always for what your future self can learn, for what will be revealed to you. And it might not be pretty. The truth sometimes ain't pretty, but it is always beautiful. Because it's, it's what's real. And it and there is, the wound is where the light comes in. That's a Rumi quote, right? Like the, our our pain and our our wound is really the crack where healing and light and and grace and, and beauty can start to show up.
0: That's awesome. It's a comforting thought. Um,
1: Yeah, right. And it, again like this is hard. we are we are going to see a very big boost in PTSD mm-hmm. for 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 doctors for people who have moral injury that that have to make inc- like impossible decisions we have moral injury um research on on veterans who had to make impossible difficult terrible decisions in war but we're going to see a lot of that with our healthcare providers right um not but that's what we're looking at and yep. and so we are going to have a big increase in ptsd a big increase in anxiety and depression um and i and i do worry about a, a spike in, in suicide yeah um, and so i i just i your pain is valid if 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 anybody listening is struggling with suicidal thinking uh you know, that part just wants you out of pain. And there's, there's other ways to get you out of pain. We good trauma informed therapists, they can't do the work for you, but they can, they can walk with you on the path. They can guide you, you know, that you're not alone in it. And we can offer cheerleading if that's what you need, but offer just space and a listening ear if that's so, yeah, I really want to just really invite people that are struggling in that way, that you're not alone in it, and that there is people that care about you and resources out there.
0: Well, because, like, you being an extrovert, like, Pat is my my husband, and he's struggling differently than I am. But, but if you think about someone who's already feeling lonely and in isolation, I didn't even think about that. Like,
1: Yeah, right.
0: Ooh, tough
1: right it's tough so the the other it, it's, please I, it's so hard to reach out when you're in that space because you know I think for people that attempt or, or complete suicide that they really convince themselves that the world would be a better off without them mm-hmm. and I am here to tell you that is not true mm-hmm. like, we need your story we need you know there's room for your pain and your resiliency mm-hmm. Like, both can be here. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah, therapy is where it's at. How does one go about to find a therapist?
1: So there's a couple different uh, websites. I mean, the, the, kind of the most universal one is Psychology Today. Most therapists have a Psychology Today profile. And you can, you can filter through um, modalities, like therapeutic approaches. You can filter through, is, like, the issues that you're struggling with. And you can filter through insurance if you, if you need to use insurance. Although, depending on your out-of-network policy, you know, you can, you can work with a licensed therapist and get reimbursed, even if they don't take your insurance specifically. So psychology today is great. If you want to do EMDR therapy, which for me is incredibly important right now, since we're all sort of dealing with a little bit of trauma, um, and EMDR just really helps to move When when traumatic things happen, they actually get stuck in our limbic system, and EMDR helps to actually move the way that those memories are stored. So it's a physical change that we can see on brain scans. The like the brain activity is way overactive in the limbic system in the flight or fight response, and then after EMDR, there's much more balance in the frontal lobes, um, in the right and left brain, and in the top bottom. Like there's less flight or fight activity, much more activity in the frontal lobes. So um, to find an EMDR therapist, you can look on Psychology Today. And then the national um, uh, EMDR site is emdria.org, uh, E-M-D-R-I-A.org. Okay. So that's a good resource. Theranest, um, Nest, I think has a directory as well. And what was the other? Oh, goodtherapy.org. Okay. And we
0: were also talking before we hopped on um, right now, it's going to be telehealth, right? And it's That's right. This is effective.
1: That's right. Yeah. So uh, there are some, um, there are people that are still seeing clients in person, but for, for the most part, most therapists are choosing telehealth because if, if you know, if you have the privilege of being able to choose, then we need to choose that. Yeah. That option, so my practice is completely telehealth right now, as our most, and we've got really good research and evidence that the first two or three sessions might take some getting used to, but that it is just as effective as in-person therapy, and there are relational ways, you know, especially um, for I, like I'm trained in the way that I train EMDR is an attachment and somatic focused EMDR, so there are ways that we can still practice those attachment and relational things, um, even online, you know, like I, I can send, you can still feel a connection Mm -hmm. uh, with people. And and again, I'm so grateful for this technology now that we don't just have to do telephone or that we really can see each other's faces still, that there, there are ways that we can still really, really connect.
0: Yeah. I mean, just anecdotally, I was telling Erica that the last therapy session I had was over um, telehealth, and it was one of the best sessions I'd ever had, and it was EMDR, and I just tapped Mm -hmm. myself instead of having the thing in my hand. So pro telehealth. I
1: I saw this great, I wish, I I don't know how to describe it since we're on audio only, but I saw this great where you kind of make like a butterfly with your hand, and then you press your on your um these are your like acupuncture kidney meridians so you can just like uh it's almost like a heart massage too but it's also the bilateral stimulation cool the of the body yeah so just a little
0: for your own personal <laughs> here for it here for it all
1: <laughs> mental health yeah. mental, such a priority <laughs> yeah it really uh, you know and and I, I, re- I know that accessibility can be an issue for people, but there are lots of therapists that, that want and can guide you. Mm-hmm. So just making room for all of it. If, you, you know, if therapy is not your jam, that's okay. Like, what can you do to make room for the light and the shadow?
0: Yeah, especially right, right now.
1: Yeah, both and.
0: Both and light and the shadow.
1: Any yeah.
0: any final thoughts, Erica? This was so helpful and enlightening. Oh, well, I'm just
1: honored to to be hanging out with you and on your podcast. So fun! Totally. I know it's
0: like the next best thing to being in real life.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I, like I said, I know it's a podcast, but girl, I put my earrings on for you and everything. She
0: looks this so is good. A special,
1: <laughs> it's a special occasion. I, <laughs> <laughs> I got. Dr- I have like a bra on and everything.
0: I got a bra on. It's a big
1: day. This is a special Monday, Kylie. <laughs> special Monday.
0: I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, bra and I and think that's on. my final
1: thought, right? Like sometimes the answer is to put a bra on and sometimes the answer is to not put a bra on. That's right? so true. <laughs> sometimes it's just like puddle and sometimes it's pull your socks up
0: and that's why you got to get so clear on where you're at and tune in and feel all the things.
1: Yeah. Huh.
0: Right. And awesome. it's, I
1: mean we're all stumbling through. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows how to do this. Nobody is doing this right. There is such thing.
0: Well, and you I don't know if you said it on the podcast or not if it was pre-show but nobody's doing this the right way or doing it well or doing it sexy so if you see someone think they're not let's just be clear they're not
1: exactly even if they're like look like they have it all together i promise you scratch the surface and they were crying on their floor just the other day yes so you know nobody is is we're all just stumbling through it together Mm -hmm. some ways that's really beautiful right like Uh, and again, I don't want to gaslight or or romanticize this, that this is really hard, but I I saw this great, I can't remember if it was a meme or something like, you know, when you go out and you see the empty streets, like don't think it's the end of the world. Think this is like a million acts of love. Mm. Everybody taking care of each of each other, that it's a a collective act of solidarity, Mm -hmm. Protect each other. And I think that shift of perspective is important mm-hmm. and still making room for this being a very, very difficult, hard, traumatic, grieving.
0: Because some part of it is going to be hard for all of us. That's
1: right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I was, there it's, yeah, what?
0: go ahead. I was talking to a friend on Saturday and that's one of the things that um, makes me feel a little bit better. Like knowing that we're all in it together and no one's doing well, that just gives me a little peace of mind.
1: Right. Exactly. And if you can, if you, you know, I, I, you know, we both practice yoga and and one of the things that I did in my class the other day was like, um, can you bring in what you need into your heart? Like bring in your hands and put what you, what you need into your heart. And then if you've got an abundance of something, if you've got a little extra love to give, if you've got a little extra energy to give, can you send that out, right? Take in what you need, breathe in what you need and send out what you can. And whether that's, whether that's energetically or, or money or going grocery shopping for somebody or whatever it is, like what, can, what do you need to breathe in and what do you need to send out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and that when I'm showing up for other people, that actually fills my cup too. Yeah. So having that just that intention of receiving and giving freely.
0: Yeah, that brings up an interesting point too, because you are in a position of leadership, like at work, and so you kind of yeah. you have to be able to go do your job. So,
1: right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, I think a lot of therapists really are struggling because they are, and myself included, we're moving through our own grief and our own trauma and our own feelings of burnout. And that's why it's really important that we do our own work, that we we do our own shadow work, that we do our own therapy, that we do our own, that we lean in on, on our support system and people so that we're not just like... Absorbing it and taking it all on ourselves. Um, So if you are in a healing position or if you are in a position like a coach or, or whatever, like it's really one, it's impossible (laughs) of the things are in an unprecedented situation. And to do the things that you can to keep your reserves full, to keep yourself as healthy as possible keep yourself um connected and secure and it's messy yeah. right just no there's no precedent here yeah so we're all just stumbling through together yeah sometimes with bra sometimes without bra exactly and scene <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh thank you erica so much for your time thanks kylie it's we'll so good to, to see you you, you too okay. my friend all right bye bye, bye. bye.